everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Trevor drops, looks, looks, fires back in the end zone, caught for the touchdown! Touchdown in the back of the end zone to Calvin Ridley and Jacksonville is taking the lead. Checks it down underneath. That's a crossing route to Christian Kirk. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Christian Kirk to the goal line. Touchdown, Jacksonville. A crossing route to Christian Kirk. And the Jags have retaken the lead. Fires this one deep downfield, and that ball is going to be picked off. The Jags pick it off, and they're going to run it back. That is Dewey Winger. Picked it off in the middle of the field. He's still running it back. He got it into Pittsburgh territory. Andrew Wingard stepped up and picked that thing off. Just disappointing. Disappointing the way we finished our season. Obviously, it's, it's definitely not good enough. You know, things start with me, and i got to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable and I'm doing all I can to, you know, help our football team win on and off the football field, but just not good enough. Uh, it hurts, you know, it hurts to not be able to finish and you look at where we were at one point in the season and just finished really, really poorly and kind of, you know, gave it away. So there's so many things you look at and it's disappointing and frustrating and we have a lot of really great players and I think we have the potential to be a great team. We didn't finish the year that way. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Mike DeRocco, and oh, my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's time for another edition of Jaguars Today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, and D-Rock is here to cap his marvelous season once again. You didn't have to buy us breakfast, which was nice. We thought about maybe we should, Tony, have done like whoever the season-long loser would have mm-hmm. to buy a, a bonus breakfast the week after. But that That's was not part not of the rules. That's actually not a bad idea to it's add bad next idea, year. Right? I like that. A little bonus week? Maybe sure. we'll do that. Sure. We'll vote on that next year. So. <laughs> sure. How are you? How are things? How great. was your week? Doing great. You guys doing all right? Uh, everything's all good, yeah. groovy. Everybody's. I'm cold. Everybody in Jaguar that. Nation and Jaguar Universe is happy and has, has satisfied. The, has the angst no. faded a little bit? You don't Whatever think? the question was, no. 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 You don't think it has, huh? I may have. I don't know. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. You know. We, we get in our bubble, and we think that the people that are commenting, you know, the half dozen people that comment in a YouTube chat or bother to send you a text or a tweet are representative of everyone out there. I think yeah. there's uh, a lot of folks out there that probably are like, hey, you know, another winning season. Well, better luck next right. year. Or explore, express their displeasure and are like, eh, nothing I can do about it now. Right, Let's go. On. And, but, you know, yeah. there, there's still a very – you know, a no matter what you ask, doesn't matter if they don't fire Balky contingent, right? Oh, no, yeah, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. There's all that. Should yeah. we have, uh, you know, a turkey for dinner? Doesn't matter if you don't fire Balky. It's going to be terrible <laughs> turkey. It's going to be absolutely miserable. And maybe they're right. I don't know. They could be right about that. So, I, th- no, I would say the angst is, there's still, for those who are angsty, they're still angsty. Angsty. Nothing has changed. You know, just a, a week has gone by or a couple weeks The now. funny thing is, is it feels like the season ended six months ago. For me. I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's only been, it's been less than two weeks. And it feels like it was ages ago that the season ended. It feels like it was ages ago that they were good. I'll, well, that I'll is that. true. You know, yeah. like it, sitting back at eight and three, like that Cincinnati game. I mean, I clearly remember 
being in the studio, anticipating that one, the pregame, the whole thing, and how excited we were. But it does seem like, yeah, relevancy is a ways in the rear view. They're look, they were relevant. Yeah, right relevant up, up, to up until the last week, and yeah. then they didn't get the job done. So uh, let me ask you, D Rock, because I, I, you're gonna know as well as anybody, and you may not know the answer to this. Okay. Uh, it's not like I go through with Mike, here's 17 things we're going to ask you on the program <laughs> today, right? It's not how we operate around here. Um, what is Shad Khan's confidence level in Trent Baalke? Like, beyond, it, it appears certainly that there's no move coming this right. offseason at this right. point. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, like, is this, uh, I think Baalke's doing the right thing. I got my eye on Doug Peterson here. Or, you know, why did this coaching staff let things slide? Or injuries befell us. I'm not saying that these are the. I'm trying to get inside Shad's head from what you think his point of view is towards Trent, if you can even do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. We don't get to talk with Shad very often, um, which is not unusual. That's the way it is, unless you cover the Cowboys and then you talk to the owner like every other day. He's got a radio show. Yeah. Um, so. But based on things you hear and based on things, you know, that you just see and observe around there, I, I mean, it's clear he felt like Balky was the guy to help them rebuild the franchise because he didn't clean house completely at, um, after 2021. So he has a level of confidence in Trent Balky that, you know, clearly a lot of people around here, fan-wise, certainly don't don't share. Um, but I think if you look at it, this team was very talented, offensively, especially. Um, skill position-wise. Skill position-wise, yes. It, it's a, it was essentially the same team that last year, honestly, probably should have been playing in the AFC title game. They should have been able to beat the Chiefs that day, and they didn't. So I think there's a level of more blame on the coaching staff for this year than the personnel. Now, if you talk to the coaching staff, they're probably going to be like, "Hey, look, we didn't, you know, we didn't have a lot of now, can't make and, chicken salad." Right, it, all and Shot understands the injury stuff. He certainly does. Um, but that being said, there were games in that second in that stretch that they should have won and didn't. So I think. Th- just the sense that I get is that there's a little bit more, in Shad's eyes, view blame for the coaching part of it for this year as opposed to maybe the personnel part. Tony, do you feel like when you look back at this team that this was an injury-plagued team this year? How do you, how do you feel like in regards to injuries? How, did the Jags have good luck, bad luck, kind of neutral? What do you, what do you think? I think it was just another year in the league is the way it felt to me. Like I, I, the injuries that Trevor Lawrence had to play through, I think that that has an impact on the way he plays, right? And I think that trickles down to a lot of things that happen in the back half of the season, especially because that's when all that started to really pile up was him having to deal with that week to week, not being able to practice all week and then playing in games. And I do think that has an impact on the on-field product for the team more than anything else that happened from an injury standpoint, but I don't feel like you look at some of the teams that made the playoffs, it's not like they were any more injured than those teams, right? Like, I don't look at it and say that's why it didn't happen for them. 
uh, this year. It didn't happen for him this year because for the back half of the season, they forgot how to cover anybody. Mm -hmm. They didn't communicate. The offensive line couldn't block enough for them to rush for 50 yards a game for most of that time. Like There were major, major issues with the team, and that wasn't all because injuries had piled up on them. It was whatever their deficiencies were, finally caught up with them in the back half of the season. Now I'll say this. I did, in that story about what went wrong that I ran, it finally ran this week, earlier this week, I did go back and, and count the starts. So last season, six starters missed a combined 31 games. But that also, in 2022. In 2022. But gotcha. that, sorry, yeah. But that included Ben Barch and Shaq Griffin missing 12 each mm-hmm. when they went on IR. Um, this year, Nine starters missed 42 combined games, and that includes eight by Cam Robinson. Um, I counted the suspension in that because it just makes it easier to count with that way. Um, but, you know, Kirk missed five, Zay Jones missed eight, Trevor missed one. Um, you know, 22 of those 42 were by those guys, were, were Kirk, Zay, Trevor, and Cam. So, I mean, they were more injured than they were last season. For sure. Um, but I think they were you know, super lucky. The year before, Correct. I think this Correct. was just this is how the NFL works, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you're going to go through the year and guys are going to get hurt. Sometimes you, yeah. in some years, you get more than others, um, and that's just, you know, sort of the way it all evens out. In 2017, this team was really, really healthy. 2018, not so much. And you know, people don't like to hear injuries as an excuse because every team deals with it well yes absolutely every team deals with it but it doesn't mean that the injuries aren't a reason why they weren't as good as they probably should have been because that impacts every team it's it's not an excuse but it's a reason all right well today uh, we'll pick d-rock's brain on how he thinks the offseason may play out it's the last visit with us for a little while at least last full show for a little while but uh d-rock will be back for the 2024 season uh, certainly but he's here right now so take advantage of his presence at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. We're on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Today on social media, this is a little weird to me. Uh, a couple days ago, we did a poll. We got exactly 1,200 votes on it, on the Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd rather have him signed for four years, 110, as opposed to the franchise tag or let him test free agency. Yesterday, we did the poll on, based on where things stand, which of the things – uh, that we gave you options on would most improve the Jags' offense this year. Exactly 1,100 votes on that one. Don't know what we'll end up with today, but it's already a much closer poll than either of those two uh, were as both of those were in the high 70s or more for the winning uh, option here. Today we're asking you, what do you think will happen with wide receiver Calvin Ridley this offseason? Do the Jags franchise tag him? Does he sign a multi-year deal with the Jags? Or does he leave in free agency? Now, I have not heard a definitive word on this from the Jags, but we have all endeavored to like dig into the weeds a little bit on this Calvin Ridley compensation situation, which we know when they made the trade for him, it was reported the Jags signed into an extension. They'd have to end up giving up a second round pick to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Do you have something further on this? Uh, yes and no. Um, speaking with someone uh, who um, has some – yeah. Okay. Some some degree of expertise some, on contracts. Yeah, and and has you know dealt with you know the Ridley stuff a little bit, but um, if it happens, it, it, any contract after signed after the beginning of the new league year 
would be considered a new contract instead of an extension. Okay. Because they theoretically have the ability to sign with any other team. Okay. So if if he's a if if he's a free, free agency starts at what four p.m. that day? Uh, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if at five o'clock he were to sign a new con- uh, contract, that would not be considered an extension because his contract ended. Okay. At four p.m. or three fifty nine. So they only owe the second if they sign him to a deal before the beginning. That's of the what league. this. So what this if they apply the franchise me. tag to him? And he says, great, I want to play for the franchise tag. And he's just hypothetical, okay? Because the franchise tag deadline is like 11 days prior to the start of the new league year. So you've got to declare. Let's let's say they got a deal with Josh Allen done. Want to use the franchise tag on Ridley. Ridley goes, okay, next day, sign that paper. Is that an extension? Or is that a new contract? Because it's before the start of the league year. My understanding, I was told this by somebody at the league that a franchise tag is not an extension. Okay. Well, there you go. But there seems to be so much conflicting information there on does, this. Right. You like, know, to, I me, mean, to me, by, you know, and again, I'm just reading it by, I, I'm not a contract expert, and, and the reporters who reported on this initially are not either, right? And they're not trying to frame it with the technicalities. When they say an extension, that, that may be a little bit vague. Like, to me, if he signs, if they tagged him and he, accepted it and signed that deal, that's extending his tenure with the Jaguars. To me, that's a contract extension. Any contract you sign that extends your tenure. But by the letter of the league's law, they may feel differently about that. Right. That's making it – that's a new deal because it's a new season. But wouldn't any deal be a new deal? Like, what is an extension then? What exactly is an extension? If we rip up the one that we're currently on? Here's the thing. Like, if they sign somebody on the – Let's just say, for example, Dwan Smoot, okay? Mm-hmm. So he has signed a one-year deal. Right. And if he were to sign two days after free agency started with the Jaguars. Would not be an extension, be a new. We would all say, essentially, in our heads and probably publicly and write it, you know, sign an extension. Right. Okay. But it's not an extension. Not technically an extension. Not technically an extension. According to the legalities of the What if he signed it right now? What then if it's Dwan an extension. Smoot signed, then it is an extension. Correct. Because he's still under contract. Correct. Okay. By the legalities or the legalities. That, that's what, the contract that's what trying, term. Yeah. The, I think we all agree in this room, and stop me if I'm wrong, that the Jags are not going to be giving up a second-round pick to bring back Calvin. That they have a plan that if they want to retain Calvin Ridley, it will not include giving a second-round pick to the Atlanta Seems Falcons. Seems that way, yeah. Right? Don't we? I mean, we feel right. pretty confident that they're not going to take – that if if that's going to be the cost, they're not going to take that step because that was my one concern. That like if I'm if I sign that tag, and that's considered an extension, if I'm Ridley and I want to hit free agency, I tell you you better not tag me because I got 11 days to sign that tag before the start of the league year. Don't tag me if you don't want to give up that second round pick. You know that's how his side could play hardball if he wanted to make sure that he got to see what his market value was, right? Because guys hate being tagged. That's the bottom line. So Correct. And I, now, look, it may come to it that they use the franchise tag on Josh Allen. I know you've said that you think that's, I think that's the, the likelier way path go. Yeah. that it's going to end up going. Today's question, what do you think will happen with Calvin Ridley this offseason? Jags franchise tag him, he gets a multi-year deal with the Jags, or he leaves in free agency. Understanding that the multi-year deal would likely come after the window to where they'd have to give up a second-round pick. So I had people go, well, they'll franchise tag him so they won't have to give up the second-round pick. 
from what we believe, they could sign him to a long-term deal as long as they started it after the start of the league year, which would expose him to being able to go out there and finding out, hey, maybe Carolina wants to give me a $20 million a year, whoever. And, let, you know? and let's not forget that the legal tampering period begins on the Monday. Prior to. Pri- the Monday yes. prior to. So he could have a, a – He a could. No- His agent could already have another deal in place with another team. But my, my main point right. here is for the folks who think, well, I'm not going to vote for multi-year deal because they're not dumb enough to give up a second-round pick. There is a way, we believe, that they – as long as they wait till March 15th and then they go out and everyone has a chance to sign him and, he's, and they say, all right, maybe they even have an agreement. Hey, like, Calvin, we're going to give you this. Would you like to – would you re-sign for this? Yes, I would. Okay, we're not going to do it until the 15th because why would we want to give up a second-round pick? You want us to have that second-round pick. You're going to be here. That's going to be a better player. So, we don't think there's any likely scenario where the Jags are giving up a second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons is the bottom line. So, just when you're reflecting on what you think the Jags will do, if that's going to influence your vote, we don't think it – should we don't think I don't think it's going to be a scenario where they announced Calvin Ridley signs prior to the league year because we're within our rights to do that before he hits free agency and oh yeah we're going to give up that second round pick we just don't think that is uh, going to happen so anyway uh, you can vote on that on social media at MD underscore ten ten XL you can go to at ten ten XL Fat Tony at ESPN Duraco and at ten ten XL Denmark hold my pocket Good morning pockets morning how are things I don't know same as usual you don't know. Everything yeah. okay? Yeah, it's all good here. Bad morning? No. Bad day? Bad night? No, it's just same old, same old. The hacker? The hacker? Uh, the hacker's normal. Okay, good. Good to know. All right, I, I don't know what else. I just I want to make sure that Pockets is is doing okay. He's smiling in Pockets yeah. cam. So we golfing this weekend though. Oh, you're not playing. not together, but not together. But yeah. yes, you're. Well, Lunch you'll be golfing. I'll be golfing. Yeah. You're playing in that weather. Oh, yeah, got I, to. I got a text. I don't want to read you the text I got from somebody who. who oh, it's I'm one hundred percent out myself. I'm like, I'm not it's playing golf. Oh man, forty nine degrees. He's not playing. The high's fifty one. Gonna be look. Cold. He, here's my thing. How much? How many times do I make actual solid contact with the golf ball? Very rarely. Mm. So I don't want to vibrate the heck out of my fingers and have a couple okay. fall off. These are the money makers. It's just a little <laughs> too cold for me, honestly. Okay. You're not a talk to text kind of guy. Well, I got. I can't talk to my computer. Typing. We'll find a way. Yeah. Well, oh, there's got to be a program. Could. Yeah. That does that. I'm, I'm sure. sure ESPN would willing to be willing to invest in Absolutely. that for me. They should, as they since should. I lost seven fingers because I played golf in <laughs> sub zero temperatures all right shelve your thoughts of, of how <laughs> soft you are and and <laughs> let's get into Jags offseason team building through the eyes of Mike DeRocco what they can do to get this thing moving in the right direction where he thinks maybe this defensive coordinator search is going to go and any of your comments questions or concerns at 641-1010 this is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM it's a Mike DeRocco Thursday on Jaguars Today. Is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. You know, it used to be a time when you could not find any info on salary cap space. Now there's too much info on salary cap space. None of it matches. That's, the, that's why there's too much, right? Yes. If everyone had the same number, if everyone said $5 million in cap space or $50 million in cap space, we'd be like, oh, we trust that. Right? <laughs> And because they all say the same thing. Um, ESPN's got their own internal site that yeah, you look at. Which we have access to the to the 
contracts and stuff. Right. Um, which Well, the ha- contract numbers, not all of the stuff in it. Right. Yeah. Which has the Jags at what cap space? 7.5. 7.5 million. Correct. Yes. Okay. Spot track um, has them at 17 million in cap space, roughly. Uh, 17.5. This is based on a $242.5 million cap projection. So I'm assuming that most of these are the same because over the cap has the same projection within yes, a half as million. Yes, ESPN. Okay. 242 million. And over the cap has them like 8.7 in cap space. So 7.5, 8. 8.7, 17.5 million dollars. I guarantee you, I read somewhere, I can't remember where it was, Jags have $24 million in cap space this, this offseason. Uh, Track have, um, do, do they just do like the top 51? I think it is top 51. Yes. So that might be why. Yes. And is that what they actually count? And why would they only count the top 51? I don't. I, I don't. We need a capologist on this show, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, and they they got to dumb it down for people like me because I just. Just I tell mean, me how much cap they yeah, have to exactly. spend on free agency, I mean, that's, please. That's what I so, need to Now, know. there are ways to create it. You know, yeah, absolutely. We, we've looked it at it. It is a little bit of a, like, I don't want to say it's a myth. But you certainly can create space. Well, we're they play a shell it. game with the contracts every offseason. Yes. Right. So NFL yes. teams do it. I think we were talking about it off the air with John Osher yesterday. You know, it's it's like you can float money on credit cards, but eventually you got to pay it. You Correct. know, eventually it will catch up with you, and you're going to have to take a massive dead cap hit on somebody or whatever. So there are ways to create that space in the short term, but the bill eventually comes due. Um, there are certainly some candidates – on the Jags, and we'll go through them uh, today, at least some of them, who may be cap casualties. In other words, you know, is he worth this price? If we have him, he's going to cost us this. And if we don't have him, this is how much we're going to be able to save against the cap uh, if they're on the way out the door. Six four one ten ten on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike DiRocco's here. We got John on the west side to kick things off on the phone lines this morning. Good morning, John. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Excellent. What's up, man? Best football show on the radio. Oh, none. We appreciate it. Thank you, John. Uh, my vote is uh, they try to tag him. He walks, goes to Kansas City, becomes a pro bowler. And, <laughs> you know, the way that Palky loves draft picks, I don't think he's going to give up anything. Uh, Mr. DeRocco, yes. with all the, with all the uh, candidates out there, and now Ron Rivera says he wants to D.C., in your humble opinion, who do you think fits best in this for this team and this personnel. And I'll listen to your uh, comments off the air. Thank you for taking my Thank you, my John. Uh, appreciate it. Let me just quickly, before you answer that, if they do try to tag him, he can't just go to Kansas City, right? I mean, they unless could, Kansas City wants to give you a bunch right. of compensation, which I don't anticipate that happening. But we'll deal with that with the Ridley stuff later. Do you think, out of the coordinator candidates they've been connected to, is there one you think that makes the most sense? Uh... Yeah, first of all, it's, I mean, you don't hire a guy to fit your personnel. You hire the guy that's going to be the best coordinator that can get the most out of the guys that you have. That's the better way to look at it. Um, okay, but the, in that, if you say get the most out of the guys you have, isn't that kind of saying fit your personnel? Well, yeah, but you don't, but like, say, like the Jags are supposedly a 4 3 defense, right? Are so, they? 3 4? 3 yes. 4, excuse three. me. 3 4 defense. So you don't. You know, but, but people would on, say Mike. you don't. They're hi- multiple. Right. I'm sorry. I had to throw that buzzword in there. But that's the thing. Like, no one's truly a 3-4 or 4-3 because they're in base so little anyway 
you're in nickel more than sixty percent of the time in the I'll, NFL. I'll grant now. you that. So, I think it's yeah. more the man versus zone thing. Yeah, so. I and I get that. I get that. Um, and they're not really equipped to play a lot of man. I don't think. Um, okay, so if you're not, point, do yeah. you, do you bring in a coach that? Like Wink Martindale is known for being a, a right. hyper aggressive blitzer, which leaves your guys out there one on one in man a lot. It does, but if you're a if you want that D to be more aggressive, if you're Doug Peterson, then that's probably the guy you would look at and say, yeah, you know, let's be a little bit more aggressive. I don't think we were aggressive enough at times this past year. I want to be more aggressive because more aggressive defense generally leads to big plays. Both but ways. it also gives you give up big plays a ton that way. Um, but when you play a team like the Falcons, excuse me, the uh, the Texans, do you want to go at, you know, you got to look at all this stuff. Do you want to go at C.J. Stroud? He was pretty good against the Blitz. So, I mean, that kind of stuff is. But is obviously they have some interest in Wink Martindale to Correct. do a, a two-day interview with him, right, to set it up that way where you're coming in. You're going to spend the night in town. Right. We're going to wine you. We're going to dine you, show you all the facilities, have this in-depth conversation. So, the, I mean, he's certainly a guy. He's been a defense coordinator for seven total years in the NFL. Right. You know, he, and you're not going to get him just, you know, I don't think by just treating him like any run-of-the-mill candidate necessarily. So, they're showing you that there's some level of interest. Right. But d- is he the top of the list for you or is there – Another, for me? Yes. For me, probably not. Okay. Um, Ryan Nielsen, the Falcons defensive coordinator, has done a really good job. Less, uh, raised the Falcons, um, improved their defense significantly. From like the mid-20s in some to categories into the top 10. Yeah. yeah. So, and third against uh, – uh, third best on third down. Yeah, which is, which is a big – Big issue that the Jags defense has had over the last several years. Anyway, um, if you're good on third down, generally you're one of the league's better defenses. Generally. Tony, I'll admit, I I find with defensive coordinator candidates, every time I read one of the resumes, I'm like, that's the guy. Yeah. Right? That's the guy. I'm like, as long as you've got a good list of candidates, I feel like, oh, Nielsen, I didn't know that much about him. talking about the man versus zone thing. Right in the secondary, I don't disagree that clearly this year they leaned more zone because they felt like they weren't good enough in man. Why? Why weren't they better in man coverage than they were this year? Like, what is the weakness when they try to run that that it's not working when they run man? Well, I don't think. Well, with Tyson Campbell as a man coverage guy, he's got pretty good skills, but he he still has some trouble locating the ball. Right. Um, that was the initial issue with him. He doesn't. Correct. He's in good and, position. Doesn't get his head turned around. Correct. Which, you know, he seemed to kind of take a step away from that last year. He did. Um, but it's. But again, we don't know how much it was impacted by his injuries uh, this year as well. Although he was in position against the the Bengals and just didn't make the play. Um, you know, I I don't know where they, f- how they. F- I do know they like. Monteric Brown, they like Christian Braswell, um, who basically didn't play at all this year. But I don't think those guys are – they're confident enough in those guys that feel like they can go play man with those guys. right? And, and remember the big topic we talked about last year at the beginning of the year was who's going to be – one of the big topics was who's going to be the nickel. Who's going to be the nickel? Is it going to be 
Craig Jr.? Is it going to be Trey Herndon? Well, it ended up being mostly Trey Herndon for much of the year. I thought year. he had a pretty and he, solid year. year. Solid year. Yeah, no issues there. Solid, well, I mean, solid year. Um, I just don't think they're good enough there to play man. So that, at the moment, Nielsen, I'm not saying, like, yeah, I, I mean, none look, of us have this list that it, we carry around right. of our 10 favorite candidates should the job come open. So A lot of it deter, depends on how well do you mesh with the head coach in the interview. Um, you know, he's familiar with Marquand Manuel. Um, so maybe that's a guy to keep an eye on. Again, I think it should What's be. It, is he here today? Manual. I thought it was today. today. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, I think it's today. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, that's a guy he's familiar with, knows the coaching style, knows how he may mesh with the guys in the locker room. Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot of it could be just the connection with the guy uh, during the interview. I mean, you just never know. All right, let's uh, try to get one more in here quickly before the break, and then we'll come back with more of your calls. Coach B on the north side next up. uh, Good morning. Hi, how's it going, fellas? Good, what's up? I just got one um, thing to ask you guys. With the season ended the way it ended for the Jaguars, what are your thoughts on us getting a new stadium? I'll listen to your uh, comments off there. Thanks. My, I think it had happens. no impact. Yeah. My, my thought doesn't change no. one iota, at least in terms of my – now, look, I do think that if the Jags were – Back in the playoffs, if they had beaten Cleveland this week and were riding, imagine what, how the conversation would be different. We'd be like, damn it, we're back, baby. You know what? You counted us out, but we're back in the final eight, right? And we'd be going crazy, right? No matter how many deficiencies they have, and they would still have a lot of deficiencies, we wouldn't be focusing on, we'd be like, wait till it, it's over because we're going to Vegas, right? So I, I think it's it's uh, it's uh, kind of a different uh obviously a different vibe. I do think that good spirit lifts the city. And I think in that atmosphere, it's easier to have those conversations. But look, I think uh, doesn't change the fact that the city needs a new stadium, the city, right. They need a new stadium. But in terms of like the likelihood of people getting on board with it, I just think it's easier to ride a wave of general enthusiasm, but I don't think mayor Deegan all of a sudden is less interested in making sure. I mean, if the Jags walk on, her legacy, that's all – no matter anything else she does, that's all I'm going to remember, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, And she knows that, and so does everybody else. It's a question of how motiva- – you know, there's there's a lot of negotiating to get done. I still think it gets done. Um, do you think that losing five out of six has any impact no. on anybody's interest or desire to get a deal done? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, city council, Jaguars, mayor's office, no. I don't think it's an unfair question, though. Like, I get it. Like, the team collapsed, and could there be some loss of enthusiasm among some fence sitters or something? I I mean, I can't speak for everybody or anybody, really, but I wouldn't imagine. It's more of a feeling around the city than anything else. I mean, like I said, the stadium, the belief is from the Jaguars in the city, the stadium's got to be redone. It has to be redone. Whether they win or lose, it has to be redone, and the city doesn't want to lose an NFL franchise. Correct. Bottom line, that's so, it. No matter if they were one in fifteen or one in sixteen or sixteen and one, it's just easier if they're thirteen and four and they're going deep into the playoffs. You're like, see, see how great this is. See all the buzz. See all the you, you know extra yeah. home games we're Trevor getting and all the, there for the press conference. You know, and Mayor and, Deegan and, and, and all Josh that. Allen. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that's yeah, fun. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah in, in the end. Um, Let's just get it done, man. I, and I'm with you. As of now, I don't think anything has changed on that front. 641-1010 is the number. If you'd like to be a part of it, you're listening to Jaguars Today with Mike DiRocco. 
as our guest host on this Thursday here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Rock on Jags Today is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air, commercial and residential on 1010XL. All right, I've been hearing this clip all morning of Dave Widell saying Josh Allen had 16 sacks and a third of them were completely unblocked. First of all, he had 17 and a half sacks, mm-hmm. um, which makes me question the source here a little bit. Um, good morning, Dave. Uh <laughs> Do you recall five or six Josh Allen sacks where nobody even blocked him? I don't recall that. Anybody? Uh, I don't specifically recall that, but I also think, look, we talk about it, this tunnel vision thing that people get. I'm not watching TJ TJ Watt every snap. Whatever percentage it is, TJ probably gets those too. Right. I'm not watching Daniel Hunter every snap. Like the guys who are leading the league in sacks, I imagine every now and then they just get a free run at the quarterback, right? Like I imagine for all the guys that even despite the fact that they're the most dangerous of their position in the league – that every now and then, they just aren't accounted for, and they take full advantage of that situation. I don't think it's any different with any of the other leaders. All right, I've got to spend the next five minutes watching this YouTube video of every sack that Josh Allen had this year. This first one, he just ran Anthony Richardson down from behind. He certainly wasn't unblocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of a hustle sack because he came from the other side. There's one, okay? We'll, we'll keep updating as we go. Here's another <laughs> one on the other side. Uh, yeah, this this is kind of a cheap one because Richardson ran out of bounds yeah. on that one. That one we talked about at the time. You know, he ran out of bounds instead of throwing it away, and Josh Allen was the nearest guy in the vicinity, and he got credit for it. This other one, he, he bumped him out of bounds. A couple of them, Richardson should have thrown it away. Wasn't the case of Josh Allen being unblocked, certainly not on the second one. He just dominated his man on this fourth one of the year I'm watching. Anyway, uh, I I I question. Like, don't don't take everything you hear as complete gospel. Uh, I think that's Dave's opinion, and I do agree with you, Tony, that I think if you looked at any of the guys, Miles Garrett, any of these guys, yeah, uh, they're they're all getting a handful on busted plays. That's just the way it, it goes. Yeah, and they take advantage of good matchups for them, too. That's what the guys who push 20 sacks in a season do. They get a matchup where it's like, I'm going to own this guy today, and they do. They go out and they get three. That's how you get to 20. It's not getting one every week. It's having those weeks where you get three and four, and then you look up and you're like, oh, this dude's on top of the league. Like, that's how those things happen. We watched J.J. Watt do that against the Jags his whole career in Houston, right? The Jags offensive line that whole time was garbage, and J.J. would be having an all-pro level year. He was a fantastic player, and when he played the Jags, mark it down, he's getting two. Right? Like it was every time he went up against this team. And he moved all over the place. Right. Because of how weak they were, he took full advantage of it. Good for the players that are good enough to do that kind of thing. How do we score it when he so abuses the left tackle that the guy gets a hand on him, but it's an ineffective push because Josh whipped him that bad? Was he unblocked because they decided not to block him? Or did he just beat the guy guy. that badly? Like, I'm watching this. First one against uh, Desmond Ritter here, and Josh Allen comes in in the left tackle. It, the, the Jags blitzed. I think it might have been Rayshon uh, up the shoot, and they they created kind of like a two on one situation. The guy kind of hesitated and went with Allen and c- tried to shove him wide and was ineffective doing it. I don't know if that's unblocked or that's just a good scheme or or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Anyway, 
Um, 17 and a half. Give him full credit. All right. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the line. 641-1010 uh, and get to Joe C. in Arlington next up on Jaguars today. Good morning, Joe. Hey, you guys got me? Yes. Hey man, um, I actually like the um, I actually like the uh, coordinators that they actually brought in. I actually like the coordinators that they brought in, but I, I still said it like I said when they fired uh, when they fired Mike Caldwell. I believe that it doesn't matter the personnel you got if you don't have the players. If you don't bring the right players in, if you don't if you draft luxury picks, you're not going to be able to do anything correct. We need to make sure this year we don't repeat those same mistakes, thinking that we're good enough. And as far as, like, I think they thought that they were going to be able to develop guys. Well, the guy, only guy who looked like they developed was Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker is the only one who looked like he developed. Uh, Josh Allen deserves that big contract that he deserves. He's the only person that deserves a big contract. Um, and that's all I got, and I'll take your comments up there. All right. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any other candidate for a massive contract anyway. I mean, they might like to retain Ridley. I don't think he's getting top of the market mm-hmm. money, but – um, yeah, look, you've got it. I think Josh Allen developed, you know, I, I mean, I don't think you go from not having double digit sacks in like four years to going to 17 and a half. I think you got to give credit to Josh Allen, but you got to give credit some to the coaching staff as well for getting that performance out of him and putting him in that, in that position to get the job done. But certainly, uh, you can't, I mean, that's been a the thing. They drafted how many inside linebackers in the last few years? How many running backs? Goodness. You know, that, that they've gotten hardly anything out of. And, you know, some of it due to injury in the case of Ventrell Miller. Who knows what would happen this year? But that seemed like a luxury pick regardless. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how many at that point walk-in starters there were, but there were certainly other areas, I think, that needed more shoring up. Uh, as we talked about with the pass rush, they didn't. They drafted one guy, and he was inactive two thirds of the year. And Yasir Abdullah couldn't force his way onto the field on a team that just the top two guys were outstanding in the sack department. Beyond that, not did, much. Not much impact at all. Uh, let's go to Mike on the south side next up. Hello, Mike. Hey guys, how y'all doing this morning? Doing well. What's up? Um, I wanted to talk about Trent Baalke, the GM, and also uh, Doug Peterson. I think a coach's job is to get the most out of their players and then put them in the best position to win. Uh, Trent's job is personnel. Um, So I look at his body of work, Trent, and outside of his time with the 49ers, he didn't really have a whole lot of success. So my question is, you know, uh, look what Doug did with Philadelphia. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and a pretty garbage team. But my question is, with Trent, how much faith do you guys have in him in the future and how much of his success at the 49ers was attributed to uh, Harbaugh? I have no idea uh, at this point. I don't really care about what happened with him in the 49ers. I, I'm stuck in this. Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl with a garbage team up in Philadelphia? you kidding me? They had a great offensive line. They they didn't. Do, it wasn't Nick Foles and a bunch of who? Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, that that seems no, but silly to me. He does deserve credit for winning with Nick Foles. Sure, he does. He does. <laughs> right. And one hundred percent. Nick Foles yeah. played like a, a all pro, pro, all pro, pro quarterback. Yeah. It was unbelievable during that stretch. It was fantastic. But he had some help. I mean, it wasn't like yes. they were completely bereft of talent on that team. Um, I, I, clearly, this is a guy who thinks that all the credit should go to Doug for any success and none of the credit should go to Balky, and that's fine. We've heard this a million times. We're not – no one here is sitting going, 
Trent Baalke deserves a contract extension or even deserves to be around. I can't speak for D-Rock. I know Tony and I would have moved on. At this point, I don't care what he did in San Francisco. I care what he does here. You know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how much success you attribute to whatever. He's here now. All that's water under the bridge. Doesn't matter, really. Did he do a good enough job this year? No. So, I, but I have no say over the matter. We, we've stated it many times. We would have moved on from Trent Baalke many times, including this offseason. But doesn't appear like it's going to happen. So we can all sit here and go, oh, it's all Trent's fault. It's all Doug gets all the credit. What difference does it make, honestly, in the end? We know that. I feel that I, I'm not saying none of the blame goes to Doug Peterson. Coaching has to take some responsibility when you collapse and lose five out of your last six. You have to. The, the, you had the same personnel, basically, that got you at eight and three. And I understand you had a few key injuries or what have you. Teams overcome those injuries all the time. You have to figure out a way to do it. You can't collapse. You can't lose to the Titans, a team that had scored three points the week before. You give up 28 and get it run down your throat. You can't have that. That's not At that point, that's not Trent Baalke's fault. That's, it, it, Trent Baalke was still the GM when they were 8-3, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying Trent Baalke's not blameless. In any, obviously, it, it's all intertwined. And if you listen to us, it's not the first time we've talked about it. I feel like no. this, we ta- we're, there's never one reason for anything. We're, we're just in a rut on this. Like, again, no, everyone's unhappy with the job Trent Baalke's done. Okay. I I don't one disagree. One guy isn't, and that's I, right. the only guy that matters. I, I don't disagree with Mike. Yeah. By the for for most of the point he's making, I just okay. Well, what what the, we can go back there and go. Oh, you know what? We've solved it. Everything in San Fran that was good was Harbaugh's benefit, and it was all Balky's fault. Anything that went wrong, what difference does it make? Shot hired him. He's keeping him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we can make that case. That case was the case that Shad should have been asking Trent about when he hired him. To begin with, and maybe he did, and and obviously gave him an answer that convinced him that, you know, he brought value to the organization. And until and unless Shad Khan feels differently about it, it's not going to change. I don't know. I, and again, I understand why people are upset. I think at some point, you're just going to give yourself an ulcer, man. I mean, <laughs> it's serious. Like, okay, you're not happy with Trent Baalke. And what? I mean, what's the next follow-up? Like, you're not going to follow the Jags. You're not going to go. That's your prerogative. Do whatever you like, honestly. You know, but there, he's going to be the GM. So, I'm as we discussed yesterday, Tony, I'm more of the mind trying to figure out what are the moves we think are the right moves to make regardless of who the GM is. Mm-hmm. And let's see if they follow up and make those kind of moves. Yep. And, and by the way, there are going to be moves that I think they should make that will turn out to be terrible moves if they make them, right? I mean, that's. Just the name. I'm not sitting here saying I am perfect. That you know, I was all on the Justin Houston beat. Maybe he's the wrong guy. Okay, but I thought they needed a pass rusher. I know Balky's opinions on certain other veteran pass rushers that came to be very damn true. Like things he said, and D. Rock, you know what I'm talking about it's about certain players. I'm not going to get into him because he says things off the record at times, and to to give you his thought process. And it turned out he was spot on about. A few guys that we thought, man, that guy probably come in here and help. And they're guys that everyone would be like, oh, uh, you know, I know that. Oh, that guy's much better than this guy that we have because they have a bigger name. And he turned out to be exactly right about those. So it's not like he is wrong about every single decision he's ever made. It's just that collectively, yeah. they, it, the feeling is they they rested on their laurels and didn't do enough to inject 
more talent onto this roster this past offseason. Yeah, it's hard to get past the way this season ended and see that they won the division last year, could have won the divisional round of the playoffs, and were eight and three. Right? Like it's hard to see all of that with how negative the season ended. Right. And in large part because of all the things that we thought might catch up. If the, if it's going to catch up with them, it's going to be this, this and this. And well, the back half of the season, that's what bit them. It's all those things that everybody pointed out. And it's fair to point those things out. And as we've tried to make clear, yeah, I'm fine with Trent Balky not being the GM anymore. He is. They got to put together the best team they possibly can with him as the general manager. Let's go. Right. Or or let's not. You know, I mean, if Shad wants to make a move. Nobody's going to cry about it, you know, except the Balky family probably. And, and I get it. You know, like, I don't hate Trent Balky personally. No. I think Trent Balky wants to win, you know, but GMs get fired all the time. It's yeah. the nature of the job. GMs and head coaches hired to get fired Hired to get point. fired, man. And yeah. uh, so I don't disagree with Mike's larger point, but I just feel like at a certain point, okay, we can all acknowledge, great, yes, we'd move on. For, and then what? So we all agree that now what? Okay, can we get to the point where we're like, okay, I hope he makes this decision because this is what we need to do for this football team. By the way, did you like Anton Harrison? Do you think that was good? Not only getting him, but trading back twice, accumulating more picks. Instead of just taking him, they got the pick that turned into Antonio Johnson as part of the compensation for moving back. Yeah. So if you like those two guys, that's a pretty savvy move, right? Like you got a guy who graded out as probably the best right tackle rookie in the National Football League by most uh, pundits out there. And you picked up a guy we're all excited about in the fifth round. All right, so that wasn't terrible. I'm not saying Brenton Strange gave you a big impact. I'm not saying Tank Bigsby turned out to be a good pick. I'm not. I'm not saying Tank Dell or, or not, not Tank Dell. Um, who am I thinking of? Uh, Tyler Lacey. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Too many T's with short, <laughs> short names. <laughs> Can we have Tank okay. Dell, please? Yeah, you know what I'm nice. saying? Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I get it. I mean, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to stump for Trent Baalke. I, it, I've been very clear about how I feel about it. It's, I just, I feel like at a certain point, like everyone answers to any question we ask. It doesn't matter if they don't fire Baalke. Really? I mean, because, because if Calvin Ridley signs, gets franchise tagged or not, whether Baalke's a GM or not, is it a good move or a bad move? It doesn't matter if Baalke's a GM. The move in itself. How would you feel about Calvin Ridley being back on the tag or being back on a long-term deal or being let allowed to walk away in free agency, whatever? Whether Balky's a GM or not, these decisions have to be made. How do you feel about them? That's more what interests me at this point. And I the guess. thing that people don't realize, too, is in that position, personnel and GM, you miss more than you hit. That's just the nature of the position. You miss more than you hit. The problem is or what you hope is you don't continue to miss. You have two or three good years. You know what I mean? That you can string the years where you don't miss more than you hit back to back to back. That's what you really want to do. Look, I think part of it is right now Detroit and Houston are playing and and Green Bay are playing with a ton of young players uh, that they drafted right now and they're making instant impacts and we're like, why are we not that? And that's fair. Right, because those players were eligible to be drafted by the Jags as well, and some of them were players that we discussed mightily, like Brian Branch, for instance. You know, just yeah, as a that was uh, a guy that we thought. Right, they could so take. And, and I'm not saying that. And again, you can't have everything. Okay, so you didn't get Brian Branch, but are you happy with Anton Harrison? Because Brian Branch, people were like, let's take him in the first round, right? And I mean, I'd much rather have the tackle that 
looks like he's got a long-term future than the safety. That's me personally. But anyway, um, Mike, I don't, again, don't disagree with a lot of the points you're making. I just, where do we go from that? If we all agree on that, if we, if we give that as a given, right, we'll accept that as established fact in this court of law, okay, where do we go from there? That's the question. All right, uh, Jaguars today, moving into the hour two with Mike DiRocco on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Mike DiRocco, Thursday on Jaguars Today, is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. All right, uh, this one on the text line is on by Lifetime Enclosures. Josh Allen was not the game-breaker that Mike, meaning me, thinks he is. Half of his sacks were because someone else caused the pressure. Look it up. We just got done watching all of them. Would you say half of Josh Allen's 17-and-a-half sacks, D-Rock, we'll call it nine of his 17-and-a-half, eight-and-a-half to nine, were caused by somebody else's pressure? I didn't see that at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, you occasionally get that. That's how, like, as D-Rock said on the break, that's how sacks happen. Yeah, I would just ask, for whom among these sack leaders is that not true if it's true for Josh Allen? Tell me which of those guys that's among the leaders in sacks in the league isn't getting help from somebody when they're getting a sack. Sure, they're doing now, it on their own the whole time. Sometimes you beat the guy in front of you yeah. and you you whip him and you get in there and it's all you. And there's examples of I just watched him. Josh Allen doing exactly that. If there, there's a stunt, does that not count? And you you win off the stunt because you're you guys react around somebody inside, else, yeah. right? And you looped around inside and you get a sack. Does that not count? That's how sacks happen, right? I mean, it, it's sometimes. You beat your guy. Sometimes you don't beat your guy. You're, it's a stalemate. And then the quarterback gets flushed towards you. You disengage. You grab the guy and you bring him down. Off the top of your head, Josh Allen's defensive season this year ranked where in Jags history? Top what? Uh, yeah, top. Top five? Yeah, top. I was going to say top five. Yeah. I in mean, the history of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's, if 17 and a half sacks were easy to get, other guys would have had hit that number a lot. And nobody has here. Yeah, nobody no has no been here. close. No, yeah. Calais was fourteen and a half. Right, Calais, I put Calais this season that, but he was he was wrecking shop, man. He was, oh, you he know, was, yeah. And look, causing turnovers the whole. I I put that at the top, but th- if you're not, you can still be very disruptive and not be the greatest in franchise history. Correct. I I, I like I I can't speak to watching all of those, you know seasons and guys that had great years and what didn't Rasheen have like a bunch yeah, of interceptions Yeah, I was just looking did he have I think he had an eight interception season. Yeah, I mean season. which is not easy to do either. So I can't really speak about that, but if you said my guess would be it's in the top 5. Um if the team had won some of those games down the stretch and we're still playing in the playoffs and he you know you probably would rank it a little higher maybe just thinking about it. But. Rasheen had an eight pick season. He had another one in 12 games where he had four picks including uh, two of them returned for touchdowns and uh, had the most return yardage. They had more return yardage on those four than he did on the eight. You know, those are two pretty good years right I got to think Stroud or Henderson had yeah, a couple of monster seasons. Right, there and there, as it's well. not going to reflect in the same stats. Correct. Yeah, but correct. it was it was top five, top ten. I mean, at the and we're probably be, trying to be ultra conservative here. Right? How many guys were in legitimately in the defensive player of the year conversation? Uh, it, I mean, like Calais and Josh. In the time that I've been covering the team, that's it. Yeah. So I mean, I can't like I said, I can't really speak before, but I mean, I would imagine if you're uh, eight picks. 
you have eight picks, you probably should be in that defensive player of the year conversation, depending on what else is going yeah, on. Yeah, right, you know, exactly. I, mean, I, don't I don't remember I don't know all the details is, of yeah. the rest of the league. And I'm year. glad we had the poll a couple days ago where it was so overwhelmingly in favor of giving him the deal. Yes. Right? Like, I'm glad that we have that, too, and that it's clear there are still some very small group of the fan base that just can't accept that Josh Allen might just be a really good player, right? Like, they just can't accept that the guy might just be good. Right, and now he's in line to get a contract, and if he can't accept that, that's that's on you, man. I do accept that. I think Josh Allen is a Pro Bowl level, level player, and I want him to be here for the next five, six years of his career. Now, that being said, D-Rock, you think that they're going to make him prove I it again. That, I mean, I you've said that. That's my guess and my feeling and my gut feeling from you know, being around there and talking to some people. I think they're going to put the franchise tag on him. I think there's an element of – um. Hey, do it again because you were a seven, eight, nine, well, seven, eight sack guy mm-hmm. or for three first years, four years right. of your career. Right. Um, and now all of a sudden you're 17 and a half in a contract year. Yeah. Well, he was but, a double but digit knowing, guys knowing Josh, year. let me rephrase that because we don't ever know these players, but knowing the kind of work ethic he has and talking to people in that building and understanding the work that he put in, he didn't do it because it was a contract year. He did it because he wants to be a really, 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 really good player. And he wants to win a Super Bowl. So the thought that he only had the season because it's a contract year with Josh Allen, I I would argue to the death on that one. I understand that. But I, I do also understand then people saying, well, then why did it happen this year? Why didn't it happen the year before? Did he not have the same work ethic? Did he not? Have, then nope. He had the same. Sometimes okay. you finish and sometimes you don't. All right. But and I don't think it, that's an unfair question. It is not an for unfair people to look question. at. And because we do look if somebody else in another city, you know, if we if we went out and signed Josh Allen from another team with the same career path or a comparable player, we'd be like, did he do it because it was a contract year? We'd be asking that question. Now we feel. Like, we know Josh a little bit more, and I'm not doubting that aspect. I do think he's a hard worker. I do think he cares. I do think he loves his franchise and his fan base and all those things. He's exhibited that. But I I think there are plenty of people out there, plenty of circumstances out there where the guy has the peak year in a contract year, and and then then he never comes close to matching it again. Now, look, did Trayvon being a better rusher help him? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Trayvon was certainly helped by having Josh. I think it, it worked a yeah, lot it, more it, the other way. Well, but it, it worked both ways. They help it's, each other. Yeah, They're supposed to be That's the sure. way it works. Yeah. Um, you know, he took some different approaches this year, mentally, from what he was telling us, um, you know, at some point during the season. And he didn't come here for the um, off-season stuff. He showed up for minicamp. He instead did some work around uh, on his own and showed up in great shape. So, I mean, I expect him to do the same kind of things that he did last offseason. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here because we're getting a little behind. And if you're on the line, we'll get to you straight out of it on the other side at 641-1010. I've uh, got plenty of uh, things we want to throw at Mike DiRocco in the final couple of segments today. So take advantage if you have a specific question or comment as well. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. <laughs> Mike DiRocco on Jaguars Today is kept comfortable by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. D-Rock in the house. A couple more segments to go here on this Thursday. Let's get Patrick and Clay County in before we go around the rest of the National Football League. Good morning, Patrick. 
Patrick, you with us? Hey, guys, what's up? How you doing? Yep, I'm here. Hey, okay. what's up? What's up? Hey, um, well, first off, Mike, um, I agree with you. You know, there's a lot of Jaguar fans that want Balky fired, and um, I would agree with them, but but the reality is that he's not going to get fired. So there's, there's, there's Jaguar fans that are hoping they're going to wake up and see him fired tomorrow, but that's not going to happen. But I think the most frustrating thing, and I speak for most Jaguar fans, is it just seems Balky is kind of going unchecked. And I think a lot of Jaguar fans are frustrated by that. I think they just want some accountability from that position because he is. All right. What, you know, what does accountability to... look like to you, Patrick? Is it us all um, complaining about him or is it Shad Khan? I mean, he's, isn't he ultimately the only one who can hold him accountable? Yes, I, right. I agree. Okay. No, the, the point I was trying to make is, no, the point I was trying to make is, is yeah, I mean, I, I do think that Balky has gone unchecked. And I think that it's frustrating to Jaguar fans. Like, you know, it was inexcusable. We should have won the division this year. And um, at the end of the day, the buck stops with him and Sean Khan. Obviously, the only person that's going to change that is Sean Khan. And I just think Jaguar fans just want to change their that position. But my question is, is like, um, do you think they don't make the playoffs this year? Do you think they would actually make a lot of changes? Like, or possibly, in your opinion? Possibly. Let me just ask yeah. you, and I, I, pr- I promise you we'll, we'll answer that. But does Doug Peterson deserve any blame for this? Like, is he going unchecked? Absolutely. I think that, um, in my opinion, I don't think he should have given play calling to the offensive coordinator. You know, Doug Pierce is supposed to be this offensive genius, and he gave his play calling duties to the offensive coordinator, and it just seemed that the um, the play calling kind of sputtered a little bit. I feel like it just didn't gel well. So, yeah, I do think Doug Peterson also deserves blame and to be held in, in, in check. All right, well. so how, just, but let me ask you, yeah. how do you hold Doug Peterson, other than firing him, how do you hold him in or, or hold him to account if you're Shad Khan? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to say because obviously, you know, I don't think the owner is going to like tell him exactly what to do, you know what I mean? But like my, my guess is um, if I was Doug Peterson, I would take back play calling duties next year um, for sure. Like, I mean, because that's like his bread and butter, right? So, right, but that that's um, a Doug decision, yeah. isn't it? Though, like, and I'm not I'm not yeah, trying to decision. you know like yeah. get under your skin here. I'm just like you know, as we say yeah. this, like you know, uh, we don't know for one thing any conversation Shot has had with Trent Balky. We have, we have no idea, yeah. right? So for all we know, Shot has said you're on thin ice. If I don't get results this year, you're out of here. We don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he yeah. didn't. Right? I'm just saying that's a possibility. Maybe he said the same thing to Doug Peterson. Maybe he didn't. So when we say that there's no accountability, I think we feel like unless he gets fired, it's free reign to do whatever he wants. And and I don't know if we know that to be the case, regardless. But let me. I just, let, I just hope, go ahead. I think a lot of Jaguars just want some change at that position. Oh, I understand, and and, and we're not. Yeah. And, but Tony and I, because I can speak for Tony, because I know Tony's thoughts mm-hmm. on this. We're, we share them all the time. We're right there with you. But if it's not going to happen, I, I'm I just I'm not going to go. Well, none of it matters if they don't get rid of ball. If they don't make these changes that I think they should make, none of it matters. It all matters. It still all matters. They're still going to go through this offseason and procure players and sign them to contracts. And even if Balky's fired next year. They're still going to be beholden to these contracts. So all the moves that they make, and some of them may be good moves, right? Like, so anyway, let, let me, without getting any further bogged down, let me answer, uh, let us answer your question. And thank you for the call. Um, what was the question? The, 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 no, the question is, <laughs> if, if they fail to make the playoffs, do we think major changes yes. are coming next year? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. Yep, I, including do. possibly the head, like the whole thing could be, you know, new GM, new head coach. Yeah. Very possible. You know? Yeah, look, Shot Khan, 
ridiculously disappointed by this season, as he should be, just sure. like all Jaguar fans, very angry about the fall, very angry about um, some of the things, some of the plays that were called, very angry about some of the things that happened on defense. So, yeah, he, he, he was not happy about this. That, that is – I don't know that it's a win or your you know, playoffs or you're gone type of thing, but they better be in the playoffs next year because they <laughs> – you know what I mean? I don't know if it is, I mean, but I'm just saying, look, there. If, if, if – I don't know if he's told him that, I, but if right. you want to ensure that job, you well, probably ought to get well, there I mean, because they convinced Shad or they made – Shad believed that they were – Close to being able to win it all. What, what if you lose your quarterback for half the year and you yeah, win that, 10 games uh, and you again, miss the playoffs, right? I mean, so there yeah, are circumstances. I'm not saying for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I can't as an absolute say if they miss the playoffs, there are going to be major changes. I think the likelihood is yes, but there are circumstances that could explain why. I, I think we'd all agree if they if they lose their quarterback, they let's let's say, and I, I don't even want to say it, right? Like, let's say they lose four of their top players for the majority <laughs> of the season, right? I mean, it happens yeah, yeah, to yeah. teams, right? And, yeah. and you miss the playoffs in that circumstance. Like, is Cincinnati firing everybody? They lost Joe Burrow, and they almost made the postseason, but they didn't, right? So that's not going to get you fired, right? That, that's I'm just saying, I can't hard and fast say if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be sweeping changes across the board. But I would anticipate, yeah, if they miss the playoffs, there's going to be some significant changes. But I can't, I mean, just can't guarantee that. We, again, we don't know. Unless you no, know, but, D-Rock, with no, any of these but conversations. When, but when – they ask that question, and I say, yes, my assumption is, I just work on the assumption that they're going to have everybody, and there will be the normal amount of injuries that you go through, like this season. That's, and that's fair. I just, you know, I, look, I try yes, to be as specific Trevor, as possible, yeah. because someone will say, you said if they didn't make, well, you know, there are circumstances, you know, that there are there are conditions that can change your opinion on how. Look, sure. I remember the Patriots missing the playoffs, winning 11 games one year with Matt Castle as their quarterback because they lost Brady right. as the year after In they the went opener. undefeated, right? Yep. Is that a bad year? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they missed the playoffs. But could you imagine winning 11 games, missing the playoffs, doing that with a backup quarterback and firing the coaching staff or, or the GM? I couldn't under that scenario. So that's all I'm saying is you can't there, – there are – there are scenarios where it could play out where they could miss the playoffs and you're still not looking at major sweeping changes, but that's probably unlikely. I'm just saying you can't write that off entirely. Um, all right, Tony's going to take us around the rest of all these other issues people are dealing with in the National Football League. I hope they are. Anyway. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Bill Belichick is expected to have a second visit with the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. He has already met with team owner Arthur Blank one-on-one this past week. Houston has signed wide receiver Demir Bird to their practice squad. Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. The Ravens have also released running back Melvin Gordon from their roster and signed wide receiver Laquan Treadwell, whom they released a couple of days ago to their practice squad. Buffalo wide receiver Gabe Davis missed practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. The Kansas City Chiefs have opened the 21-day practice window for wide receiver Sky Moore. And Los Angeles Rams running back Kyron Williams has undergone surgery to repair a broken bone in his hand. Head coach Sean McVay also said this week that tight end Tyler Higbee suffered a torn ACL and MCL on that hit against the Lions. All right, thank you, Tony. Uh, This one from the YouTube chat. 
Mike, you run a Jags talk show with a fan base that is justifiably PO'd. Let us vent, man. This is what you get paid for. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I, I get paid to do a talk show. How, how many how many shows in the station take calls, Tony, on a regular basis? Uh, this one. This one, okay? We let you vent every day. Yeah. That doesn't mean we have to agree with everything you say. Yeah. You, you, it's not a form just, I'm going to say anything because I'm mad yeah. and I'm just going to say. If, if the we caller got to say what they wanted to say. He said what he wanted to say. We had yeah. a conversation about it, as we usually do. But if I don't agree with you, I'm not just going to go, well, there's another opinion. I'm going to tell you yeah. I don't agree with you. That is part of my job, is to drive a conversation about it, not just – Who's next on the rant line? Who's next on the rant? It's not that. It's interaction. And if you're just going to call up and make statements, that's fine. Maybe you'll change my mind. Maybe I'll change your mind. But if I don't accept what you say as just a given fact, I'm not just going to go, well, there's another opinion on it. You know? No. I'm sorry. We let you vent. But venting, it's a two-way conversation. It's a two-way street. It's not just I'm going to say what I want because I'm angry and you have to take it. That's not how it works. Sorry. Yep. It's just not. You get to say, we call, we don't, we don't even ask pockets, as long as it's on the Jags, we don't even ask you to get specific when you're getting screened on what you're going to talk about. No. Try calling a national show. They're going to ask you exactly the point you're going to make when you go on the air. And if you don't make it, they're going to hang up on you. I know how it works. I know how the business works. We don't do that. We let you call up and vent every day. Whether you take advantage of that or not, that's up to you. But it doesn't come with no pushback. If we don't agree, we're not sitting. We're not just like robot go to caller line three <laughs> and then speak your piece onto line four. No, we're going to react to what you say, man. And if you can't handle that, then I guess it's not the show for you. I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. You know. Anyway, let's come back, D Rock. Let's try to let's look at the question <laughs> of the day. What? I, I mean, I, I, you're laughing, but I, I'm not. I, I'm not laughing at. I you. hear it's this every single rant. day. Yeah. I hear this every day. Or and then I'll also get, what are you getting all worked up about? It's only sports. Like, do you not want <laughs> us to be passionate about the team we're covering here? Like, are you? I, I, I. It's just crazy. I know you can't please everybody. Never gonna please everybody. But this idea that we don't let you have your say of all the shows on this network on this station, we're the one that always gives you your say. Always. Go, go to, and, and I'm not faulting these other shows. Every show is different. They do great shows, right? There's all different ways to do it. You don't have to take calls yeah. to do a great radio show. We've made show. it a priority since we got the show. To We want this to be a place where the fans can voice whatever opinion they have. We want to be that kind of billboard for them. Cool. That doesn't mean we have to agree with you when we open the phone line. And, and if we don't, we're going to let you know. Yeah. It's just the way. It, why, do you, why do you argue with every car? If they saying the same thing over and over, and we don't agree with the point. What should we do? You know what? You've beaten me down into submission. You've rubbed me into a little nub, and I will give up now and stop reacting to what you say. That's not It's not going to happen, all right? We'll come back. Question of the day on Calvin Ridley. Who does D-Rock think could be a cap casualty on this football team this offseason as we wrap things up on Jaguars today? Straight ahead on 1010XL 92.5 FM. To Mike DeRocco Thursday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. All kidding aside, we think we have a great lineup of co-hosts that join us here on Jaguars Today. And D-Rock just looked at me like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? Jeff and... Stop it. And D-Rock <laughs> and, and all the rest of them, okay? That's, that's usually what we refer to them as. D-Rock and those other fellows. No, but in all seriousness... 
Uh, we're looking forward to run it. We ran it back this year. The same group. Uh, it's a great group. We think we give you, you know, we give you former offensive players, former defensive players, uh, analysts, beat writer like yourself, uh, team website writer, and John Osier. All, different angles, different perspectives, and we hope you enjoy it. All kidding aside, I mean, this, this, we we look at this this kind of a, as a gathering place of different Jaguar opinions. We've got our own, but Tony and I lean on guys like Mike and. and uh, you know, others who are not part of the regular rotation, Demetrius Harvey and John Shipley, of course, our own Hayes Carline, Mia O'Brien. There's a lot of great Jaguar reporting going on out there. Not everyone's going to have the same point of view. So, D-Rock, we do love having you, and we appreciate you, and uh, thank you for being part of another successful broadcast season, if not successful on the field as much as we Jaguar fans like. We did not down the stretch. I hope not. I hope not. I mean, look, there, there are people who think I falter every day, and that's fine. All right, but uh, we look forward to having you back again for the 2024 season and periodically throughout the offseason as well. So it's just that, that part of that natural life cycle of the Jaguars today uh, co-hosts that it's time for them to, to go into hibernation. hibernation yes. <laughs> so just yes. a little bit. Uh, all right. Today's question today presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. We got work to do to get up to that 1,100, 1,200 vote threshold like the last couple of days. What do you think will happen with Calvin Ridley this offseason? Jags franchise tag him, he gets a multi-year deal with the Jags, or he leaves in free agency. D-Rock, how would you vote on this? I expect Josh Allen to get the franchise tag. Okay. Um, That eliminates number one. Right. Uh, The deal is going to – Calvin Ridley said in the locker room afterwards that money is going to matter to him. Sure. As it should. So let's not kill the kid for that. Um, they want him back, but I, my, my gut feel, my guess right now is, is that he walks. He okay. signs somewhere else. All right. Tony, what about you? Ooh, the options are so limited uh, <laughs> in free agency that I would vote. I tend to think that it's not unlikely that he gets a one-year deal here to stay in Jacksonville beyond the franchise tag. I don't think that's unlikely. I would put that under the multi-year deal. Right, you but, know, any any contract not on the franchise right, tag. But with that in mind, I think um, they figure out a way to keep him here and not on the tag. I'm with you simply because the market isn't flush with no. immediate receiver talent. Let me ask you, D-Rock. Zay Jones, it flips. This year, he counted – like five and a half million against the cap with an eleven million dead cap hit. So obviously he's on the team. It flips for twenty twenty four. He's gonna count about eleven million against the cap. The dead cap hit is about five million. Is Zay Jones a part of this football team this year or is he a cap casualty? No, I think Zay Jones is back. You do at that number? Yeah. Uh yeah, they already pushed some of his money out anyway. So Yeah, he was um, one of their restructuring. One of the restructure year, right? guys. So yeah, I do think Zay is back, yes. Okay. Do they have to you you think Ridley's gone? What do they do at wide receiver? Is it a first rounder? Is it take someone later and hope for the best or do you think they will go out there cuz I'm right my official vote is with Tony. I think when they look at the market, I don't think it's going to be like this 5-year blockbuster deal. I could see it being like a 2-year deal with a team yeah. option for the third year like, or I'd something I'd be fine in if they let lines. him walk in Mike Evans for two, three years. Cool. I'm and on I don't, board with that plan. I don't think we're getting Mike Evans. But I don't think that's <laughs> I, well, how it's going to work. Because I think that Mike Evans will stay in Tampa. I do too. And I think T. Higgins will ultimately stay yeah. in Cincinnati. I hope so I'm you'll wrong. be debating between you know Michael Pittman and Calvin Ridley, basically, and Marquise Brown. 
Like, those will be the premier top-of-the-market wide receivers, ultimately, that are going to be available. I think he's an interesting one to keep and an Gabe eye on. Davis though. is interesting, right, because he would be the take-the-top-off guy. I don't know what else he gives you, but he does give you that with size. Right. D- right. He does give you – I don't know. Boy, at, at what expense? But that's the water that you're treading into if it's not Calvin Ridley. Marquise Brown is interesting because he does have that – Beep, beep, speed. You no know, doubt. like he is really fast. Yes. And if you want a field stretcher that's not going to command likely $20 million a year, you know, like I've seen his market projection at like 14 something like that, which usually, I'll admit, those are usually low, right? The market projections are often low uh, on some of these. I don't even know how they tabulate them, you know, like what they're counting on. Um, all right, here's where the poll stands. Right now, uh, Jags franchise tag Ridley, 48.2%. I will admit it's guys like D-Rock, Osier, other Jaguar daily reporters who are in that building as often as you are that have convinced me that they're more likely to use the franchise tag on Josh Allen. To, and Because that's coming up, man. I mean. It's next month. It is. Ne- it's March 4th is the deadline. So there's still some time. There's a two-week window from about the 20th of February to March 4th that you can apply the tag, and then the league year starts about 10 or 11 days after that. Ray Sean, a cap casualty this year? Cam Robinson. No, I think he's back. You think Cam will be back? Uh, You said Zay Jones you think will be back. Who am I missing? I think Brandon Sheriff's a casualty. Brandon Sheriff, there's another one. You think he's – so you're opening up right guard, right? And uh, Cooper Hodges is going to be a candidate. I don't think you can count on that being the answer, that spot. You think uh, Ezra Cleveland is back? Yes. They'll re-sign him. Yes, I do. I'm okay with that, by the way. If that's the, the route they go. And I've I've better address center. I've started to come around to the idea of letting Cam walk, saving the sixteen million, um, re-signing Ezra, putting Anton on the left side, and drafting a right tackle in the first round. And you still have Walker Little, so you can either either ease the new guy in, Little can play there for a year, Little can be a contender to play inside, end up being your swing tackle. There are a lot of different combinations, but I what I really want to know is the accurate amount of cap space <laughs> the Jacks have. I think we all realize it really depends on the source you're looking at at any given point in time. Uh, but at best, they're like middle of the pack in the National Football League, and you got a couple of teams in your division in Houston and Indy that have some of the most cap space in the league, and they're your main competition right now. And they've got the wherewithal to improve greatly with some veteran additions. So, all right, it's gonna be fun. It could be. I hope it's fun. I hope it's fun. It's definitely going to be something to watch and listen to. Uh, Let's welcome in XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, we've got Mr. Matt Hayes, Skinny Matt, as I like to call him these days, uh, my Awaken 180 buddy. What's up, brother? How are you? You're doing very well. Thank you. I, it's, you? it's very noticeable. You know, like uh, people people wonder, oh, you're losing this weight. No, you, you trust me. If you if you know Matt, you'd say, wow, damn man, kicking butt. So all three of us actually. D Rock also looks great. D Rock, yeah. you uh, Tony, I think he looks sexy. Always actually. looks. Handsome. I do really. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, what about Rayshon Jenkins? By the way, I don't think he's back. Yeah. I'm gonna move Johnson in there, right? Nope. Yeah. Rayshon and Sheriff, you think are the two main cap? I casualties. think so. Yes. You. Uh, what about you, Matt? You think Zay Jones is back? Or they could save about six of his eleven million. Uh, by walking away from Zay Jones. I don't know, but how about the quote-unquote bone bruise all year? Just a bone bruise. We knew it was more than that. You're not, you don't, you're not, you're not out for multiple stretches for a bone bruise. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When he's healthy, he's good. 
I, I, I mean, I think if you could figure out a way to keep him, I would keep him. I mean, you could figure out a way. Just don't let he him go. Healthy by by, by figure out a way, I mean if he takes less. <laughs> well, okay. Well, see, then then I think we'd all be like, right. yeah, that'd be right. great. But I don't know if Zay is you might be able that. to though because he's coming off an injury season. You may be able to. Maybe it depends. I mean, eleven million is not a massive number for a receiver. Um, he might be able to draw that on the open market. It's hard to know, you know. Yeah. Um, he stays healthy though. Eleven million is worth it. He's a healthy guy. I think he's a pretty good player. Right. Well, man. Uh, he's today, the only guy I they do. have that takes the top off. You know, and and Logs doesn't like Logs thinks he's a double move take that he doesn't think he just blows by God. You know, we talked about this the other day that Logs thinks we need. That's why Marquise Brown may be intriguing. We need that guy who you line up at every single time. You know, just speed alone. You got to contend with this guy potentially stretching the field. Um, what about Ridley? Today's question day. Um, will they franchise tag him? Will they work out a? An extension beyond, like, you know, let's say they get to the league year. We all believe once they get to the new league year, the second-round pick's off the table. So they could sign him to a, an extension right. then. Or does he leave in free agency? What do you think? You know, honestly, there's there's a, you know, there's two trains of thought here. You know, he's he worked his way back into playing this year. He'll be a different player next year. Or he is who he is. And if he is who he is, he is, who he is that's a problem. You just let him go. But... I, you know, that's that's you know, you're taking that gamble. You are literally taking that gamble because if he does become the guy he was with the Falcons, then you've got to do. I would let him go. If you're asking me what I would do, I would let him go. It's tough. If you do let him go, you you gotta fill that spot oh, in a yeah. big way. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and well, there's not much out there. If T. Higgins and Mike Evans don't shake loose from their teams, are you willing to get into a bidding war over Marquise Brown? There aren't many guys I mean, is Michael Pittman the type of receiver that you want for that's this Zay team. Jones. Kind that's, of. That's yeah. what he is to me. Yeah. Like he's Zay Jones with a lot of volume because of the team. He's Occasionally on. gets deep. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a good point. Um, see, uh, look, I don't think these are things we can answer in two minutes, but they're, no, questions. but you know, they're talking about it. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that's what we do. We pose these questions. We mull them. We might feel one way about them one day and uh, switch it up the next day, uh, depending on conditions. Uh, what do you got coming up on the show today? Uh, we were talking Jags. We're talking a little college football. Uh, the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. Wow, wow, doubling down. Yeah, I don't know, man. <sighs> Dak played like an MVP. They won twelve games each year. I get it. You reach a certain point that you got to get beyond that. But uh, I'm not that shocked about. I guess I'm shocked because it's Jerry Jones. Like if it was a normal ownership, I'm not that shocked about. He's also a guy who has said publicly many times, "I'm getting older." Uh, yeah, there's only so many more years that I got a chance. He has, of winning. but is there a guarantee? Like, all right, you get Belichick. Does that guarantee you? You're, you know, I don't know if it does. There I are mean, no guarantees. Dak had as good, and uh, Dak's had some good seasons, but he really flourished with McCarthy this year. So didn't do it in the postseason. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. All right, uh, have a good show today. Thanks, guys. All right, you got it. Uh, that'll do it for us uh, for a while with Mike DiRocco. DiRocco, uh, what do you got to cooking over at ESPN.com? Uh Going down to the Pro Bowl in a couple of weeks and working on some stories about the stadium. And uh, got a Trevor Lawrence story down the pipe working on uh, about his offseason and turnovers and, and all that kind of stuff. So got a lot of things going. All right. I uh, imagine, I think a lot of Jags are going to end up in that Pro Bowl, you know, with uh, as many guys pulling out with all the alternates. And I think uh, we'll see a bunch of them. 
participating in whatever they do down, yeah. down like, there. I'm expecting Evan Ingram to be there, I would think. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, but I, I think you're going to – you might see half dozen or more when it's all said and done. You know, there's always attrition. Yes. Um, with guys getting surgeries and whatnot at this time of year. And once you get named, you get your bonus. And, <laughs> and right. you know, do I really want to go to Orlando and take part in a skills competition, I think, uh, is the question. Anyway, D-Rock, have a great offseason. Thank you, guys. We'll you be too. calling you from time to time, and uh, hopefully you'll share your expertise with us. Yeah, on, hopefully on we'll occasions. play golf when it's not below freezing. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be – is it going to be below freezing this weekend, Pockets? we in the 40s. Okay. That's that's above free. I think it's going to be right around 50, actually. Pretty balmy, but nevertheless. Balmy. I'll see you out there at some point <laughs> on the first tee. All right, that'll do it for us today. Tom McManus will join the program Tomorrow, as we wrap up the week, for Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thank you for listening to Jaguars today. Stick around. XL Primetime is next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.